0: brand new yeah <laughs> welcome one and welcome all. we're live tonight on very full upstream number 102 it's june already guys summertime full swing we're here on the fifth how you guys doing uh we got we're covering may 29th to june 5th i'm here with our uh, regular cast alex how you doing on your end man Good. I uh, just actually sold a couple clients last week, uh
1: big one, so I'm excited. I'm in a good mood. Just been really busy and uh, trying to figure out what's going on with BlackBerry. My priv's been acting kind of funny, so
0: <laughs> not in a good way. Um, over in Canada, we got some representation, too. We got Brandon Orr. How you doing, bud? What's up, guys? My first time doing the podcast on my balcony here,
2: so I just got some nice. news from my balcony, so taking advantage of it.
0: Weather's nice. I'm in a good mood. That's sweet. You need, like, a hammock out there, bro. Just, like, straight (laughs) chilling throughout the podcast. (laughs) How are you doing, Blaze Editor-in-Chief over there at Crackberry?
3: Doing good, man. Can't complain. Nobody (laughs) listens when I complain anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: 102 episodes, guys. It just... Every episode past 100 now has just felt like a milestone for some reason. I don't know why, but... We have a couple things I want to talk about tonight. I mean, we have some interesting news that Blackberry is kind of working to allow updates to unlock AT&T-branded privs that don't necessarily have an active AT&T SIM card. Alex, I know you kind of have some woes with AT&T and your priv and OS updates and things like that. So, though this news doesn't necessarily directly affect you, how does it make you feel that at least Blackberry aware of a, kind of a bigger issue with the update cycle on you know for those types of devices?
1: No, I think it's great that, you know, they will update non-AT&T devices in a weird... Well, it's AT&T. It's, like, a weird thing. So it's AT&T device but not being used on AT&T. And it's, like, I say that's absolutely great, and it, I, it is kind of their responsibility if it's their branded phone. But, you know, I think you should prioritize updating your own damn devices first. But that's just me. Um, so...
3: Well, what are you talking about, bro? bro? Yeah, because what are you
2: talking about, man?
3: That has nothing to do with AT&T. The only thing that's going on there in that respect is basically anybody who bought one of those AT&T branded devices that are unlocked. They have no way to update, right? They have no way to update because yeah. AT&T hasn't pushed out the update. Yeah, so no, I, I think it, I it, is BlackBerry's
0: implementation basically, you know, circumventing the need for the carrier because taking the SIM card out of my AT&T firm going to get the update faster than having to like wait
3: for it, like. No, it doesn't mean anything, because technically at the core level, you know when you buy a device, at least in this respect anyhow, Mm -hmm. um, when you buy a device, that device, whether it be unlocked or locked or whatever the case, it's still, you know, a carrier device. So, you know, if you take it, take it, if you buy an AT&T device and you take it and you unlock it yourself personally, it doesn't matter, it's still an AT&T device, because... The the locking mechanism isn't the only thing that attribute attributes it to ATT. There's lot well, of stuff.
1: Yeah, so like what is it? Like obviously AT branded apps and when I turn my phone on I get the AT pop up, like what, what is it? Is there actually a piece of hardware in there making AT&T, or think, is it just all I think the modifications? Updates, I think
0: the I think the updates go by IMEI number, so if they enable yeah, it's an accumulation of in the devices that were sold through those Channels that weren't necessarily directly AT&T, they should be able to push the update.
3: As yeah, a it goes like, by the IMEI happens. number. You also have uh, a browser identification. It's just like the old days when BlackBerry used to have like their, the BlackBerry specific um, identification numbers for their devices. Because remember how you used to change the themes that were loaded on black, on on certain BlackBerries? All mm-hmm. well, goes back to that. But you used to be able to load the T-Mobile theme by editing the ALX files on, you know, Blackberry devices you so, can load so up the T-Mobile Steam on a non-T-Mobile device. It's basically a, a accumulation of things that are deep within the OS and the device itself that still make it an AT&T device.
1: So, question then, so say that you have one of these unlocked AT- AT&T devices and say you're on, I don't know, Cricket, um, you go and search for an update, even if you're going to be downloading the update through, I guess, Cricket's network, but it's going to actually have to ping AT and T servers to grab the update. Then
3: I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> Are we? Aren't we talking about the update?
3: So essentially, yeah, we're talking about the update, but you're using Cricket as an example, and Cricket's probably a bad example because I'm pretty sure Cricket is part of AT and T anyways. <laughs>
1: okay. Any <laughs> other? Any other? Character? Say that you're using. I don't even know. Oh boy, T-Mobile. Great. Okay, that's it's easier. So say that you're on T-Mobile. So essentially, it's still going to have to ping the AT&T servers, even though you're on T-Mobile, right? Because it's AT&T phone, and then yeah. that's the one. And so you're essentially yeah, going to be downloading if you
3: one of those AT&T unlock devices, and you're using it on T-Mobile. Let's say, yeah. It's still, it's not even making any legit logical requests to T-Mobile to see if T-Mobile has an OS because it still believes that it's an AT&T device. It's asking yeah, it's... AT&T if there's an update, but it's not getting a response back from yeah. at t So basically, that's what BlackBerry is, at some point in time, hopefully going to go ahead and change. They're going to change how those um, devices essentially respond to them, because obviously BlackBerry knows which devices they are, because they were all pushed so through the, their channel. They know which devices were assigned to so AT&T I, through their IMEI. and i eye. So I'm just, I just want to kind of... I'm, this, is,
1: this is interesting to me. So essentially... It needs to download the AT&T because it has all the AT&T branding and all the assets and everything like that. If it were to go and download the priv update from T-Mobile, T-Mobile would not store on their servers, you know, AT&T branding and all this other, you know, internals. Is that kind of why it has to go to?
3: It's AT&T. a complicated process because when the uh, the operating systems themselves all contain all the exact same information. It doesn't really matter for the most part. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say all of them do because they don't. But everybody knows like when a priv basically. Before the probe was released, you could find files for every single carrier directly within the operating system, okay. right? That's why the AT&T boot screen was there, the T-Mobile boot screen, the Vodafone boot screen, the Sprint boot screen, all that stuff was still within the operating system. So there are core components of the operating system that actually are fit for and basically workable upon every carrier, but there are certain, certain things that just simply you know, need to be directly downloaded from that individual carrier as well because of whatever specific modifications that they have made to the operating system, you know, in terms of those apps or, you know, right. maybe, maybe, maybe you know, AT&T has, like, a certain... I don't know. It, it's complicated. Maybe AT&T just basically has, like, certain additions to their, you know, operating system that others don't, right? Yeah. So hopefully... Like-
1: well, I know, for for I mean, just an example from what comes off the top of my head, I think RCS, um, like the advanced text messaging, like some Samsung devices have it. If, like, you're on AT&T with a certain Samsung device, someone else is a Samsung device, and that's, like, totally a carrier-enabled feature built into the OS. So yeah. I'm assuming, like, that might be one of the things, for example. But I, I guess I, I at the end of the day, I just feel like it's broken. I think everyone feels that it's broken, that okay. I should be able to just... Best. Yeah, like let me download the bulk of the OS, like the update, and then like separately, ATT like send me over the the modifications. But maybe that's even possible, or I don't, I don't know. But um, really, that's
3: that's not a that's not something that BlackBerry is going to be able to go out oh and no absolutely either, not. because there's, t- no. there's too many
1: too many cooks no, in the kitchen no. when it comes absolutely. to that. it's totally the carriers. I and mean, I don't I don't mean to blame it on BlackBerry in the slightest, but um, it I guess. A, I just a
0: wonder world. will this kind of update work for us? on the opposite end, who are, are diligently, patiently waiting for the update. Yeah. with well, a legit at t device on legit AT&T servers, will I have to end yeah. up using this? It, it gets me because, like, the autoloaders go out once it drops for the carrier. It just hasn't dropped for at t yet, so we don't have any kind of autoloader or any manual means to go get the update either, which kind of sucks too, you know? It, especially as, you know, we're going to talk a little bit later about some you know some outlying updates that are already coming down the pipe for marshmallow. So some people are getting some of those updates early and things like that and we have a maintenance marshmallow update coming too. So it really makes you kind of wonder what else there is out there for us. Brandon, how are you feeling on your end, man? Are the updates killing you on Blackberry 10? Uh <clears throat> it's
2: been a while since I've seen one of those. I feel <laughs> like Obi-Wan Kenobi.
0: You know, I figured as a developer you would have gotten down on that 10.3.3 beta. Uh, uh, nah. Like you know what I'm at the that that point that crack right? being uncovered un- un- for <laughs> us. Yeah, like,
2: I don't know. is there anything new in that? I mean, the thing that got me to, to load leaks and a bunch of other OSs back in the day was just the fact that it had some new functionality, uh, some actual like interesting new functionality. I don't, I'm not sure really what 10.3.3 is gonna bring, and maybe you guys can shed some light on that. There's some cool things that adds, uh, yeah, sure, I'd load it just. Uh, at this point, I'm not sure. I, I I'm not expecting anything crazy to come with it. So if I'm wrong, I'll load it. But <laughs> it's not worth it. No. At least I, not at I, this point. Because you I can mean, be downgrade. Yeah. To be to be honest, it's kind of I'm kind of all jaded about the whole thing now. It's kind of like I, I'm just i I got that frame of mind where it's like the device is good and it's good for what I need it for. So I'm happy with it. But it's not nowhere near the same type of excitement I had when, no, two years ago when BlackBerry Town was coming out with updates regularly and things like that. So, I mean, it is what it is. I think the the topics, the things that you guys are talking about with AT and T. I mean, I I talked about it briefly before the show, where it's kind of like, and I think we've mentioned a number of times on this podcast, but it still blows my mind that you know you need a company to okay the fact that you can get down like an update. From the actual phone manufacturer yeah. uh, for your device. I mean, that's completely ludicrous. Like when you buy a laptop, you don't have to get permission from Rogers or from from Time Warner to to allow an update for your device. You don't need permission from from Time Warner to allow you to download an update for your Fitbit or anything. So I think it's completely ludicrous that they that they kind of lock this out and make it dependent on on them to allow these updates. I almost think it's it it. it there's something like there's something fundamentally wrong with that i mean you paid for the device you paid for the company to support that device and if these companies are preventing you from getting that support for that device i mean it's it, it's not right and i mean it, they like the argument i always hear from telcos is that oh they just want to ensure that the the phone the device works well on the network and it's like well yeah i can understand stand that from one perspective but at the same time it's kind of like You know, I'm pretty sure these manufacturers wouldn't be loading an update that would diminish the functionality of the device on a cellular network. I mean, since they rely so heavily on data and and that type of functionality for for most of the things they have now, right? I don't know. Maybe you guys can shed some more light on on that aspect of of
0: why they block these updates. Because almost, I almost, Duh. Yeah, I almost don't (laughs) want to talk about it because it's making me depressed. Like... I'm here waiting on an OS update. I don't know if it's Marshmallow. I don't know if it's 10.3.3, but I'm waiting and waiting, and nothing's coming, right? I have 10.3.3 loaded on a developer device, and it works well, but it's not a full OS. Uh, Really, you can dig through the Crackberry forums threads on 10.3.3 beta to see what's out there. Are there Um, any new features? There's there's some Easter eggs. Yeah, there's stuff in the browser, and... But it's minimal stuff. There's some system back-end stuff that has changed, but we don't see it on a user level. So some some things are working in a little bit more succinctly, you know, and synergistically with the old system as they're supposed to. But a lot of that stuff on the back-end is not even here yet on the device, you know? This is... I feel like this was something they didn't really plan to announce, per se. (laughs) It just kind of got out. Like, again, CrackBerry put out the news, as someone uh, was talking about it in the forums... And then BlackBerry came out with an actual blog post about it, following that you know what this OS is and what we you know really put it out there for you guys to use. In the blog article themselves, they mention the fact that uh you know there's really uh, nothing new in terms of APIs or support on the that particular OS build. And John Chen has told us it's about NIAP certification for the 10.3.3 device. I think if there's going to be any Easter eggs or anything additive, it's going to be on 10.3.4 if anything. And really maybe you know, updates within applications. But maybe some new security features, right? I can see them doing something like that. You know, adding in another layer here or there, making everything a little bit more uniform, you know, for their enterprise purpose. Blaze, did you see anything, you know, as reading through that people were excited or concerned about? I definitely want to put it as kind of like a little warning out there. This is a beta of, you know, OS build. If you're going to go put it on a device, make sure it's a device you don't want to revert back or has any
3: data that you're yeah. going to lose. <laughs> make sure you put it on a device that you can actually stand using 10.3.3 in a beta form until the actual version comes out.
0: Right. Like, I, wouldn't, no. I did not put it on a daily driver. I don't think it's capable of doing that for anyone. For instance, I can't even set a wallpaper on it because there's no file management system, which kills a lot of the other peripherals. So again, it's a very uh, beta type of offering, so not really something good for a device. And in terms of that, can I can't answer your question, there's not much there, Brandon. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that makes you feel. Uh, I think we're going to get like some subtle refinements, things like that on the back end, in terms of performance and, and stuff like that, which is honestly not a bad thing either, right? If they could make BlackBerry 10 bug-proof or as close to as possible, yeah. I mean, it's going it's to stay solid for years to come. But nothing, nothing too major, right? Uh, very small, small things that are, you know.
2: Yeah, it almost kind of feels like a, almost kind of feels like a service pack, right? It's something that that needs to be done to kind of flatten out and iron out some of the remaining bugs, kind of just update the security type of things. But it's nothing that's really outward facing. That's gonna change very much. With,
0: like, BlackBerry, with Blackberry pushing like a maintenance update for their OS, I wonder if developers are gonna come back and push maintenance versions of their apps. <laughs> 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 it's uh it's sad, right? We laugh about it, but it's a genuine concern some people have. I know there's some apps in Blackberry World that just don't work anymore. And it's a good app, people paid for it, but because the platform yeah. isn't really growing a lot of those apps are becoming abandoned and now we have crazy third parties coming in trying yeah. to Still voids that shouldn't exist, right? It's, what, what do you, it's, yeah, how do you feel about Penguin, man? I have it downloaded here. I still use it on occasion. Well, it's one of
2: those things where I've gotten emails of people asking, like I don't, like, I kind of feel bad because I am kind of just people, yeah, no, not it's just people ask are asking for updates to fix some bugs in the applications. I mean, like, yeah, fully, I, I can completely sympathize with them, but at the same time, to to actually dig up the code and and fix some of these bugs, like, first off, I have to debug the app to figure out where the bug is exactly, and just the amount of income I, I derive from the application, like, the fact that Blackberry hardly ever changes the uh, featured applications on their app store is a bit of, like, a smack in the face. It's like, what incentive is there to, you know, improve your application at the moment? There really isn't. I mean, they're not Selling more devices, they're not trying to get more people on the devices. I mean, as much as I sympathize, and I really do, with the people who download my app, and I really appreciate it. I mean, without them, uh, my app, you know, wouldn't have had the longevity that it's had. A lot of the features I've added on my application have been through useful feedback from from users. And, as, and like I said, as much as I sympathize with them, just the the value proposition for you know syncing in time. In my apps to to update them and you know refresh them, just it just isn't there for me personally because I'm not one of those you know no alpha kind of level developers like Nemery or something like that. So for someone like Nemery who probably still generates a decent income, for him the value proposition is probably a lot greater than for what I would imagine the majority of BlackBerry 10 developers are, and it, yeah. you know, I've spoken to other developers, and I mean, uh, it, unanimously, all the developers i talked to feel bad about the situation, like, they want to update their apps, it's just the, I mean, it's just not, it, it's kind of harsh to say, but it, it's just not worth it to update your app at this point, and it's a horrible thing to say, and, and I,
1: I truly do love the platform. I, I want to hear Alex's
0: uh, excuse. Yeah. No, it's the same (laughs) same thing.
1: I mean, luckily, like, I haven't had anyone complain to me that there are bugs aside from James, you just screwed around with me, because, like, the settings, uh, or no, not even the settings, like, the introduction when you first install the app, you slide left, and it kind of explains, you know, how to use the app and what features it has. Only on the Z10, it's a little bit wider, so it looks goofy, but you never see that screen ever again after you start using the app. So it's not a big problem, and it's what James likes to give me crap for, but luckily I haven't really had people asking for fixes maybe like one person has asked for something but you know exactly what Brandon's saying I can I I don't even have the the client installed on my computer right now so for me to go in and make a modification or for me to maybe go fix a feed that doesn't exist anymore I would have to just the amount of work that would maybe allow me to make 10, 15, 20 dollars in app sales of which 30 percent goes to Blackberry like it's just, it's just not worth the time. Um, and and realistically, it's not about like I guess they're saving face too. Like say that I was going to develop another app for BlackBerry Ten. You want to be known as the developer that like supports his apps and things like that. But realistically, is BlackBerry is obviously not pushing much towards BlackBerry Ten. Do I really want to save face for being that developer on BlackBerry Ten? I don't really think BlackBerry Ten users are going to go over to Android and be like, oh, that guy, he did not support his BlackBerry 10 app all that well because, like, we did. Brandon and I, we supported our app very well when we were doing it, but there, there's there's a life, life cycle with it, and it's just over. So I don't know.
0: So, Blaze, from your perspective, do you think there's an opportunity on BlackBerry 10 for developers to continue to innovate and do new things? So, for instance, we saw an application at BlackBerry World called Just10 and it's a very private social network allows you to invite in 10 people. Launch natively on BlackBerry 10 is going to other platforms as well. I mean, is it BlackBerry 10's viability that's keeping developers away? Because I think you guys all genuinely feel it's a nice platform to develop for, right, in terms of the yeah. tools and the different resources you have for developing. And, you know, there's so many different OSs, you know, like Ubuntu as well, that is using the QML kind of base, Plus, you know, you know, see, you know, objective to actually go out and do those coding. So, I wonder if there's, you know, and I, I direct to say, you blaze, is there opportunity for people to develop and innovate on BlackBerry 10, and then bring that maybe to other platforms? An example I think of is, you know, an enterprise type of application, you know, something in that realm of things where you can bring it over and then expand it from there. Or do you really yeah, i think
3: there's I think there's room when it comes to like enterprise applications and stuff like that because enterprise applications are you know one of those things that are constantly growing and you know for better or worse they're constantly changing as well because everybody's you know trying to work behind the the firewall and all of that stuff um, I just think that when it comes to you know um, consumer applications. We sort of we sort of hit like a wall in terms of consumer applications because it it seems now as though all of the I don't want to say all because that's not right, but a lot of the developers that do remain on BlackBerry 10 are just concentrating on filling voids. Um, in the system, like creating Instagram applications and Facebook applications and, you know, stuff uh, for Google+, stuff like that, that that is honestly missing from the platform um, but, you know, maybe isn't necessarily needed either. Um, nobody has, um, aside from two or three developers, have gone ahead and actually, like, you know, come up with something new or something innovative for the platform itself. Again, it just goes back to, you know, filling the voids, like WhatsApp. You know, what's going to happen when WhatsApp disappears? Are we going to start seeing, like, 10 different WhatsApp apps that are, you know... Maybe no. not as good.
0: <laughs> is gonna push
3: a web version <laughs> that
0: also doesn't work of
3: WhatsApp. <laughs> just send this to WhatsApp's website and hope it works. I mean, and, uh, say,
0: and say that this is WhatsApp's compromise to us.
3: Yeah. one developer that obviously he's he's sort of thinking outside of the box when it comes to a lot of his applications is um, Roger LeBlanc. Yeah, he always comes up with you know creative creative solutions that are. <laughs> Stuff that um, should
0: be built into the OS you know yeah
3: like he works with the operating system and and you know a lot when Blackberry 10 was coming up a lot of that was a lot of the developers at that point in time that's what they were doing as well is yeah. working within the operating system to fill holes within the operating system to improve it but now we've we've moved on beyond that. It, it seems into basically filling the holes within the ecosystem itself rather than actually just utilizing what is there as, as the core operating system and working with that. And, you know, that's a shame because um, I always enjoyed the applications that improve the user experience at the operating system level more than, you know, something like a, a, an Instagram client or something like that. Yeah, it's cool. A lot of people will appreciate it, but it's, you know, it it's kinda like basic at that point.
0: I'm know. happy with what I got. I mean, I have the actual yeah. Instagram and iGrand Pro working fine. It's I agree with you, Blaze, in terms of the the deficit that is there and developers coming in to fill it. I also think that more developers would care more. Maybe Alex and Brandon wouldn't feel so detached from the ongoings if Blackberry was better at communicating what the path is, right? this is something we harp on them quite a bit about on this podcast, right? Them not being vocal with what their desires and wishes are. But I think more developers would at least feel that there is something to continue to latch on to if BlackBerry laid out what the vision was. Or even, you know, at least saying where the vision isn't, you know? But it's very kind of vague, the message that we get from them. So for developers to really, really want... To, to be there, you know? It seems like as Brandon kind of, he touched on this a little bit, that a lot of the developers that are there are almost there on like a pity stake where they're the ones keeping the platform alive. Yeah. So Alex, did you look at this um, yes. new developer hero program and tell yeah. us some of your thoughts? I know, Brandon, you have some of yours as well. Ooh. That'll kind of transition us forward here. Again, at this, at this time where they're really not communicating well on what the point is of BlackBerry 10 as it continues on, This developer hero program to showcase your apps, does it have any value for you?
1: No, I mean, it it was a weird thing to kind of see because there was definitely a point in time when BlackBerry got the Amazon App Store on there and then they were actually trying to push BlackBerry 10 developers to develop Android apps. It's like you get the best of both worlds now. You could have it on Android and within uh, Amazon App Store. And, like, there's this whole, like, push away from BlackBerry apps and then all of a sudden, you know the platforms kind of backed off, they haven't been updating it, and then boom, you know, here's new, uh, they're, they're trying to showcase new things, and I was reading into it, and it, it has to be a new native app, so either web uh, WebView or Cascades, and, like, I'm like, really? So, like, this is almost like them trying to push new developers on board when they've, like, pretty much already pushed them away. Like, they've verbally and, and through their actions have pushed... Developers yeah. away, and now it's like they're trying to pull them back. Like it's it's confusing. Yeah, it was. It's definitely it it definitely is a,
2: a bunch of mixed signals coming from BlackBerry. Uh, the other thing that I find kind of interesting is that they the prize essentially, if you come up with a new app, is that they. They get you featured on the BlackBerry App Store, but I'd be surprised to see some of the statistics that they have internally on yeah. Black Store interact. Uh, <laughs> black store, <laughs> black uh, BlackBerry oh, World uh, Store interactions. Um, this episode, i now have to
0: re- ma- Black Store. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I have to imagine that the interaction levels have gone down considerably, and so that even if you get your, even if you do get your app featured on the BlackBerry Store, it, like. It, I'm not sure it's necessarily going to be a boon to, uh, like, a, a, lo- a humongous boon to your downloads or even income revenue. No, I mean, like, are people because checking
1: daily anymore? Yeah, like, we I don't check I the
2: BlackBerry store, yeah. and goodness knows how long, and, and you know, I don't know many people who have BlackBerry tents who do check their store other than for updates.
1: So. And, and, you know, too, like, when, when I was on BlackBerry 10 and I would ch- check the stores, you know, featured, yeah, sometimes featured would change, but normally it would revert back to it's, like, here's the normal, like, BlackBerry Travel would be on there. There'd be all these, like, yeah. these apps and they that are the, on there. They
2: keep apps, they've been keeping apps there since the very beginning of BlackBerry yeah. 10. They don't rotate them. Like, the Despicable Me... Game yeah. is still yeah. on there. It's like, dude, come on! Like, that doesn't help them. That app un- hasn't been yeah. updated since it like released. Like that, and that's just a, like another thing that just slaps like developers in the face. You got people like Roger LeBlanc and other people who work hard to put their apps on the platform, and then you have like these other joke of of apps on the platform who've been featured for like three years now. And yeah, you're right. not giving, and they don't need the revenue. You need these other developers who are actually getting you people like people on the platform actually providing them functionality. You need those people to be featured so that they continue to develop apps, you know? Disney doesn't care for Blackberry Ten. They're not gonna keep developing apps for Blackberry Ten at this point. My they question need- is who
0: who put Crackberry on the great apps for Blackberry list? <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know,
1: exactly what Brandon's saying, I mean, realistically, it also trains people to stop. Like, I remember back when BlackBerry 10 first came out, I'd open up BlackBerry World every couple days, and I'd skim through the feature and be like, oh, this is interesting, whatever. But then I got to the point where every time I check, it's the same apps, and then it's like, I just stopped looking
3: at it. So Literally the same apps.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're hurting the entire ecosystem by not checking it
3: up. It's either the same apps, or it's always, like... When you go and you scroll into the new apps list, it's like a flood of nothing but map apps that you will yeah. never use. for like,
0: Me is still there on the front page. <laughs> <case.
3: laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Brandon was right.
2: Yeah, and this really this really pissed me off is that my app, actually my description of my app because it said, uh, you know, you can view your locations on Google Maps. They didn't allow my app at first because it said that. And then they've had this app, like Map Pro, that in their banner says Google Maps integration right on the right on the the front of BlackBerry World and it's been there for three years and there's no problem with that right but because mine says it in the description they flagged it and prevented it from being uploaded and so I told them I showed them like well this thing has it and they eventually allowed it on but I mean it's just like it's just like things like that it doesn't like that just like upsets developers you know. It's just like the inconsistencies.
0: I'm gonna send some emails and we're gonna get you featured, just just to see, <laughs> just to see how much more money you make that quarter. No, but
2: I mean, it's not like <laughs> it's not even needed. I mean, like it's the developers who are actually still like maintaining their apps and putting their their apps out there. I think those people should be featured. And based on what I see on the app world, I just I don't believe that they are being
0: featured. And it's sad, you know. I want web design cheat sheet on the front page so bad, like, <laughs> let me tell you. I'm wondering when Blaze is going to update his app. I saw him with a red LE, and I'm wondering what's going on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting on new APIs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly,
0: right? So, yeah, not much new with 10.3.3 so far. Get build, don't load it. Developer program, be a hero, save BlackBerry 10. Let's talk about these BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Forums across cities in North America. Kind of interesting. Kind of a roadshow type thing. Offers uh, going around, hosting these different forums, talking about what their EMM solutions are and what they really can offer. I think having these little sessions allows you at least to get with partners in the area and the region and then start building up your brand presence. And I think that's a good thing at the very least, right? What are some of you guys' thoughts? No, I think that... It-
3: you know, they've they've pretty much done them before in the past. I don't know how much, how how many people actually attend them. That would be something that I would be interested in actually learning, but, you know, they've done them in the past before across different areas, and it seems as though that they always generally stick to, like, some smaller areas. Um, They go to Houston and Pittsburgh and, uh, a lot of them happened in Ontario, like they always, always hit up Toronto because it's you know right in their backyard. Um, but, you know, I, I'd be interested in seeing how many people actually go to them and how many people participate in them. Uh, I've never actually been to one myself because they've never brought one here, um, you know, yeah. into like Halifax to be able to go to one. So.
2: I can I can maybe shed some light on this just because I've been not necessarily uh, mobility forums but I've been to some to one or two enterprise events held by BlackBerry. Yeah. And uh, they do get a good, a pretty good turnout just because the way it, the way I imagine it works, which is probably similar to other industries, is that you have people from companies that show up to keep a pulse on what the industry is doing, keep tabs on the new technology to see if it fits right with with their enterprise needs and stuff like that. So uh, I, I think perform, um, attendance is probably fairly good. Uh, it's just whether the return on that investment in doing these forums uh, pans out for them, whether those actu- those attendances or attendees translate into products being purchased, like new yeah. enterprise solutions. Accounts products, being created. Right? I mean, uh, I'm sure they have a way of, you know, lining that up based on, you know, figuring out what company people are representing when they show up and seeing if that company signs up in the next couple of months or so, but we don't have that information, but based on my, you know, on the ground experience of viewing it, attendance for the very least, at the at the very least is, it seems to be fairly good.
0: Attendance is good. At there's, a, there's a cash bar <laughs> on site. <laughs> No, it's, it's one yeah. of those things where... They get, the least... free, they get the free breakfast, though, too. I mean, like, no one's going to pass that up. <laughs> yeah, people are going to partake. <laughs> Any excuse to get out of the house to stretch your legs, you know, I'm down for it.
3: Someone's going to say that this time around, though, that there was they weren't going to as many areas. I don't know if that was just something that was, like, maybe they just didn't plan it out to be a broader, you know, program at this point, or... Yeah,
0: there were only, like, four or five locations max. Yes. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a big, you know, you know, tour or anything. So, again, if they have lined up partners for these different events, you know, they're very focused. And if you look at the region kind of span that they're looking at, it may be an untapped market for them. Or a market that may be good, you know, after the acquisition and merger. Maybe that's a place Good was doing well, and they want to kind of, again, show that BlackBerry face in some of those places, you know. We don't know what Good's mechanism had. You know, in, it, in and of itself for different industry-type events and things to go to. So you know, BlackBerry hosting these forums is, I think, a really good thing to keep their brand out there and you know, integrate with, with others, which is always going to be important. Let's talk about um, this interview with Alex Thurber. I found it really interesting, probably the most interesting thing I read all week, um, talking about you know, inside BlackBerry's device smartphone channel strategy really kind of going in as to what that strategy is going to be like uh, in terms of bringing these devices to market. Uh, it was kind of an interesting inter- interview because it wasn't written basically like, you know, a back-and-forth It wasn't written type.
3: like an interview.
0: <laughs> right, it was almost like an expose type write-up, you know. Uh, really kind of sat you down in Alex's point of view and uh, you know as to what they're going through. So really, I thought some of the information to glean here was that at least right now, they're doing differently than what they have before. Instead of kind of going down the old routes and trying to kind of recarve, you know, the old trenches, they're trying to do things differently and reach out in new ways to try to reach these customers. And I think, you know, people are starting to slowly get on board with what BlackBerry has to offer now, especially as Priv goes through a lot of certification and things of that nature on the security side. They're bringing it to these third parties and vendors that are then pushing out, these products and solutions. So really working again to partner and integrate with others so that they can get these devices out. In terms of a channel sales strategy, what else do you guys think they can do? Um, I'm going to post a link in here so you guys can skim through really just some interesting things. I wonder right now kind of why BlackBerry is in love with Cisco veterans that they just want to pull so many over. And in this article it kind of breaks it down for you where, you know, Carl is looking to fill this type of position to see Things And he goes and asks someone he knows, right, Alex from, you know, where he worked with at Cisco. So he's like, I know we work well together. I know we want to get this done. So really kind of like a tight-knit team. And John Chen seemed to be really big on that when he first came I, over.
2: I think that kind of – I think just based on uh, John Chen's background at SAP, aren't SAP and Cisco kind of competitors in similar spaces? Correct me if I'm wrong.
0: I so wouldn't it, say – to all the way, I think they're they have a little bit of product overlap, yeah. but not not a a large. So that's portion. what
2: I'm saying. I mean, like Cisco is probably more familiar. Like the people coming from Cisco are probably more familiar in terms of how they work and, and kind of the culture that they're used to. That that that's something that's more familiar to John Chen than bringing people over from say, you know, Google or or Apple or something like that, right? Who that might have more of a mobile kind of experience to them i think john chen as we've seen has been trying to position blackberry into a more more of a software uh, company and i think uh, he's trying to leverage you know these other technologies that cisco certainly has a foothold in such as iot and things like that and i think it's just a strategic move to bring people over from those companies and i think it's it's those people align well with the future kind of Path
0: that John Chen has, has put the company on. Right, which goes to that, you know back to software, you know? I think one of yep. the things that, and I don't know if John Chen is this type of guy, we've seen him axe people that he was very close with back from the Sybase days, right? We've seen him, John Sims, you know, bye bye didn't get the job done type, uh, you know, handling there. So I wonder if right now, people take a job at BlackBerry and they're like, i, I got to hit the ground running and i got to make this happen. Or Is that the kind of mentality going in, do you think, or do you think it's a little bit more fostered uh, in terms of, you know, kind of coming into the corporate culture? I know in this editorial, in this interview, Alex is like, it was a lot of information to process kind of right from the jump, like really looking at the numbers and being able to analyze the trend and do the analysis to find where the benefits were. Do you guys think it's, it's just, like as you said, work easier working with someone you already know?
3: That's uh, probably a little bit easier, at least in terms of, like, knowing exactly how their guidelines are going to work out and, you know, how they work on a daily basis. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, not every job can be related to to another job, you know what I mean? That's I think anybody anybody coming into BlackBerry from the outside is going to sit down and have... Um, a really thoughtful process in determining whether or not that is something that they want to do because of the fact that you know BlackBerry, yeah. um, you know they're they're getting their stuff straight, but you know there's still that sentiment that they're on their way out the door, right? Um, I know if I was moving to a job to BlackBerry, I'd be sitting down and thinking, okay, well, what's what's your process? What's your strategy? How long are you going to be here? If it, especially if it was a high paying job, right? And I think one of the the key things that I took away from this article is that like they said that Thurber, Thurber wanted in because of, of what he saw at at Blackberry and everything like that um but in order to in order to be able to go ahead and, and you know make a career move at that point in time, he had to believe in Blackberry's uh research and development and they conclude that that statement by basically saying that we've got a great roadmap over the next year or so. Um, so obviously there's, you know, he, he sat down he thought about it. He looked at the roadmap it's and was like, and- yeah, this is this is something that I want to be involved in. And, you know, the numbers sort of add up in his mind. And if it's not, if he's still there in, in a year or two, then we'll know how well he played out. Right?
0: And also we got to think as well of Ralph Penny who also came over. Chief Operating Officer and GM for Devices, I was back on May the 9th. Again, that was someone they brought up internally from Paratech. I believe he was like VP of like Radio Frequency Tech at BlackBerry, the RFTs. And again, that was someone they brought up from the inside. Now, having to work with someone brought in from the outside, it maybe realigns and structures BlackBerry a little bit internally as well from kind of a C-level executive perspective. So John Chen seems to be managing everything pretty well so far. We're looking for results, and that's kind of where we're going to end our discussion here, gentlemen. Um, You know, really focusing on, you know, where BlackBerry can go next. We have some numbers that we're expecting to see. Now, I want to cover some of our patron questions here to close out because they kind of play into that outward perspective for BlackBerry. One of the questions that we got today, which I thought was pretty interesting, was there's a lot of discrepancy between the timing on John Chen hitting this hardware sales number and then what is going to contribute to that sell-through. Are we going to see an uptick in priv sales on the enterprise side that you know, help them hit that mark to, for device pro- you know profitability, or are we going to see it somewhere else? Is Are these mid-range devices going to have enough time to really come together and, and bring a full solution? So one of the pieces is, you know, when do we think, as the hosts, that you know BlackBerry is going to be in terms of profitability? Will they be profitable by September? And if, as John Chen tracks, that's when the business is going to be, you know, at at least break even or above into a profitable place? And do you guys honestly think that they're going to be able to hit that, or whether it's going to take them till the end of fiscal 2016 in 2017 to actually, you know, ascertain whether this business market's coming together for them?
2: The financials are getting better. I mean, the the cuts they've made in terms of their operation, their operational costs are fairly good. Um, it, the thing is that they've made some acquisitions, and so that cut into their, their cash reserve. So it's really going to determine on whether these new acquisitions, they can leverage them and make a good kind of return on these investments they made in these acquisitions. And I think based on what I've seen in this show, kind of just the outside view of it, it looks like some of these acquisitions were fairly good, I mean ad hoc, um, that's been in the news fairly recently um, for a bunch of different things that's been used for So from from somebody who might be a potential investor looking at it from the outside in, um, it looks like for the most part these acquisitions are doing work for them, they're not things that you know, they purchase or they, they buy, and then you never hear about them after. So I mean, that's that's Maybe one positive. <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, like previously, right? right? Movertu? what? Cloud <laughs> phone, what? It's it's funny because I just went through and like uploaded all of the Upstream episodes over to uh, SoundCloud. So I actually got to like listen to some of the old ones. And like, if you pay, if you play like the episode number one versus episode like one hundred and one, oh the difference is incredible. And yeah. it said. Uh, kind of funny. That first one was intense. Although our last one was intense with uh, Chris just hopping on in the middle too, which is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I, I hope he got his headphone jack sorted out.
3: <laughs> yeah, I hope he didn't bust it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, so Alex, uh, let's let's tell everyone about like some of the backend changes that we've done with the podcast, moving it over to SoundCloud. What does that mean for people listening and what do we hope to get out of it?
1: So the, the main kind of scenario that we were in is we were hosting all of the podcast episodes on Berryflow.com. So looking at the way that a lot of more premium um, podcasts are doing it, they totally store them on a separate server. So if anything happens to the website, the podcast doesn't go down. And realistically, um, there are some services that just give a better user experience and and you know analytics and things like that so we wanted to get it off internal so we we're looking at a few solutions and there's this large uh, podcast company startup. they got funded for like fifty million dollars um, they're called Gimlet and they went the route their brand new kinda of place and they went the route of putting everything on SoundCloud so I was looking a little bit in more to that and it seems like a pretty nice Avenue to go down SoundCloud recently has been pushing Podcasts a little bit more, um, so we tried that out, and James painstakingly went through and uploaded every single episode from beginning to end. We kind of had a little bit of back and forth at one point because it's a lot of work. So I don't know if he expected me to do it or if he was going to do it, and then it was like he just went and did it though. So awesome on him! Um, I'm I'm stoked. Well, James about it.
3: expected you to do it, but you were <laughs> slacking on your pimping, so he had to go ahead and take <laughs> yeah, care of
1: business. Yeah, exactly. So, no, it's cool because, like, right now on um, SoundCloud, like, right now we have 72 followers on this new account. So some of you guys have definitely started following. And um, James Wooden broke it up into different seasons, which is nice as well. So essentially you can see that we're on Season 7 at the moment. And um,
0: Another just- piece is that it's a little bit more streamlined for Blaze, who doesn't have to go grab the specific MP3. Yes. He just embeds the audio, and now audio can do streaming and download in one place. So on the website, you guys are going to have a much better experience. Everything's more consolidated, easy. What's cool for those who use SoundCloud and who actually know what what it's about is you can do timed comments on the actual audio file. So you can comment and then put it at whatever time you heard Brandon make a bad joke and be like, wow, Brandon, terrible joke. No,
1: I I think we're going to be paying attention to the comments a lot more um, the the old way that we had it, it was, I mean, one we had like a little bit of a mix up on the website, and then all of a sudden the analytics was saying that we were getting like ten thousand views on an episode, and it was just totally messed up. So sad. I, realistically, for us moving forward, too, my bad. We need, bad. To, <laughs> we,
3: need
1: to, we need to have an idea of you know how many listeners we have, and um, that'll just help the podcast grow in the future. You know, so. Looking forward to this, seeing how this goes, and we are paying for this now, though, so keep that in mind that um, it's it's a little bit more expensive per month, but we're doing it for you guys to get a better experience, and hopefully it helps the podcast at the end of the day. So we're excited yeah. about it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. It, it I mean, very can go down and the site and the podcast, rather, will continue to be functional and accessible for everyone. So even yeah. if I stop paying Alex for the hosting... Then... Is this the ultimate plan? <laughs> like, you just want to stop paying me for hosting? That's, That's what, what it, it is. is. No, no, no. It's, uh, it's you know, it's yeah. definitely uh, increased cost, but our patrons support us every month. Yeah. So anything we can do to give back to them and to the entire listener, you know, volume out there and demographic, it's worth it. And I think the analytics and everything yeah. else, everything's a little more streamlined, easier for everybody.
3: Yeah, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean,
2: we do, we do this because we enjoy doing this. I mean, we, we like, you know, chirping on each other, having a good time discussing Blackberry, discussing, you know, the mobile space in general. And a lot of the comments that you guys make and a lot of the questions you guys ask um, out there, are Patreon supporters and everybody on the channels and everything, uh, they ask a lot of thought provoking questions that it leads to some good discussions. And it's yeah. an enjoyable time being on the show. So we look
1: forward to to continuing it in the future. Yep, and just a heads up to anyone, um, I think tonight after this, we're going to be trying to flip the switch over to, to use the new RSS feed. So you may experience a few problems, but we'll try and get it working properly. And then at that point, Moving forward, you could download the SoundCloud app, listen to us through there. Any podcast app, listen through there. Or if you want to go directly to the site, you can listen through the embed like or YouTube. You, you pretty much have as many apps. Download
0: options. the raw file if you want to do that, too. Yeah. so It'll be much easier for you, more organized, and you'll have a basically a listenable... Archive instead of an archive, just with a bunch of links to the actual episodes,
3: which is yeah. kind of annoying. So yeah, be- hopefully, hopefully it'll stop crashing the CrackBerry app on Android because there is yeah. no MP3. What was happening? What was happening there? Uh, for those who I answered it in the comments on the last uh, podcast, but um, basically the the app is set up so that it, it it's it's designed to find the MP3 at a specific place. But where we were hosting the files on BerryFlow, BerryFlow is obviously not that specific space. Um, so anytime that you went and tapped on it and tried to play it um, within the CrackBerry app on Android, it would cause it would cause it to crash because it was an unexpected event happening. Right, um, the file wasn't there, so it didn't know what to do. It panics and it just quits the app. Uh, hopefully, with the move to SoundCloud, that should obviously no longer be an issue Because one it's not looking For the mp3 because there is Technically no mp3 it's just an embed At that point point. Yeah. Um, and two it's No longer hosted on Barryflow anyway So it shouldn't even really appear for us So hopefully yeah. that will correct that issue and we should also one
1: one thing is we were only able to see like the past twenty five or thirty episodes. In theory, hopefully, once we move to this, it should show all the history, so you can go back and listen to five minutes of episode one before getting the hell off of whatever you're doing because you're like, what is going on? And uh, the last thing I have to say <laughs> that's is not the first
0: like that's not the first like
1: eight yeah. <laughs> episodes.
0: <laughs> they were all like, yeah, what yeah. is going on? <laughs>
3: um,
1: and and Jeff, uh, no, the move to SoundCloud will probably not help me get a girlfriend. Uh, Jeff from the chat, sorry about that.
0: That would be pretty awesome. But. I put it on my uh, on my Facebook and it got no love, so apparently it's a, a terrible move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to read through some of the comments and questions here. We talked about most of them, but I want to just give these people a shout out. We don't normally let uh, you know our general channel subscribers give us any input uh, onto the actual podcast, because there's normally so much that they can tell us. Um, uh, we have some, you know, more talks on possible specs of two Android phones. BB10 still alive and kicking. Maybe some Passport SE talk, seeing that it's BlackBerry 10's big flagship. What are some of our expectations for 10.3? Just security or a couple Easter eggs for users. Uh, talking a little bit about, do you think BlackBerry would do well at creating the next Nexus device in 2017? <laughs> I, I feel like if it, the full disk encryption was on, I wouldn't. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> Please <laughs> make it a determined option. Uh, okay. Did they actually go ahead and make it default on Marshmallow? Is it default on? I know there were talks about that back in, like, October. I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. That'll be interesting. I think, really, it's going to be good on Marshmallow, the priv. Yeah. Not, we'll not, to, not to pull that conversation back up, but... Well, also, I don't understand here.
3: the questions about BlackBerry. Like, everybody's like, BlackBerry should build a Nexus. Well, you know, BlackBerry... Doesn't get to decide to go ahead and yeah. build a Nexus device. You get. Asked, I don't think like, there's oh, a line and you can building. get
0: in to beg to beg to be a Nexus maker.
1: No, and and the more that Aria uh, kind of goes its path, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nexus line eventually will just be an internal Google thing. They might eventually that... be taken internal, but.
3: I don't that know. and everything that BlackBerry, like, uh, when it comes down to it, where everything that BlackBerry is doing is sort of, like, going against everything which the Nexus line is about yeah. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it, like it, more it open, really open and,
1: like, yeah.
3: Yeah. It, it open, stock Android, and, you know, it just they really can still does. do no that. Yeah, know. they could do it, but, you know. Again, they would have to be asked in order to do it, but...
1: Yeah. I think it's pipe dreams, but it's fun to think about. I think all of us would be pretty stoked by that, but probably not going to happen. So.
0: Lee, Lee asks an interesting question here. Uh, one of the things that was mentioned was that BB10 was stuck on a, with Android 4.3. What do you think it would take for BlackBerry 10 to update to Android 5.1? Now, this is in terms of the runtime. Now, something I see a lot in CrackBerry forums, Blaze, maybe you see this too, is a lot of people making the assumption that because BlackBerry went Android they can no longer update BB ten in terms yeah. of the runtime where really there's nothing else to update to anymore.
3: <laughs> basically. Yeah, I mean when it comes down to it, they changed when they made the jump, when they, when Google made the jump, from I mean, Jelly Bean <laughs> basically up to like Lollipop. And that I mean there's probably some back end scenarios there where they can't really go ahead and build it, but it's not necessarily because, you know, like Google came out and said, no, you can't do this anymore. It's more along the lines of like the technical compatibilities to be able to go ahead and implement that just aren't really in play at this point in time. Like who who at BlackBerry would go ahead and work on that? I mean, you, you it, it's it's not as if you're moving from like Android 4.2 to 4.3 or anything like that. You know, that's that's a big jump, and it would take a, a really big undertaking to be able to go ahead. And even transfer the Android runtime to a new version, and even then, you're not going to go from like 4.3 to like Marshmallow because that would just be kind of crazy at that point. Like it's. Imp- yeah, I'm sorry, but it's not going to happen. You the implementation that more, they
0: have but... on the on the BB10 version also is a Dalvik VMware, basically, yeah. and they move to an ART, a more core runtime
3: environment in the. Next yeah, the- I was trying to avoid that because the ART is kind of like what we as Blackberry users refer to as the Android mm-hmm. runtime. But you know, right? That, that is the other the other underlying issue. The core the core operating system has changed. Like the you know, like you said, they moved from Dalvik to ART at that point. So it it really does require a whole rewrite of the whole system. So. Yeah,
0: it would take basically an entire rewrite, and again, there's no return on it at this point for for BB10, but a very interesting kind of thought-provoking piece. Edwin asked, are you actually going to put this show on as scheduled to compete with the NBA Finals? And I said yes, of course. (laughs) What? Of course we're going to. Mm -hmm. Um, Any news on upcoming devices, upcoming M maintenance releases? I do believe uh, we talked last episode about a Proved maintenance release that was coming down the pipe shortly. Yeah. What would BB10 look like today if 10.0 ran 10.3? If they released the original BB10 with the runtime that we have now, would things be different? Uh, uh, I think it would be different, but it would still require BlackBerry like getting off their ass and executing. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I think I think when they brought the Amazon App Store onto BlackBerry 10. They shot developers in the foot, themselves in the face, and from there it disintegrated, right? Because developers are gonna see even less opportunity to a degree, depending on what kind of app they built. So they invested so much in one type of app and then you tell them to go somewhere else. Yeah. It kinda kills the, the overall drive to grow the operating
3: system. So And that just, that has so, been has been the, the the mention for like as long as it has been going on, like go ahead, build Android apps because put them in the App Store. But now all of a sudden with the new developer programs, they're like, build BlackBerry 10 apps. And developers are kind of like, eh. Yeah. You know, have been telling this for like a year and a half, maybe two years now to build Android apps. So why should we build BlackBerry 10 apps again?
0: <laughs> yep. Here you go. Build some, guys. If, if someone builds me an app of just like my face, native, web view... Whatever you need, HTML5, whatever they're accepting, you will be my hero. That's, that's oh, I, cool. I, I was waiting to hear some money or something. I was actually getting pumped
1: about it, but I you, like, I'm being your hero. Oh, yeah, right.
0: You would never never pull out the IDE anyway. So. Yeah, that's anyway. true.
1: <laughs>
0: we're going to wrap this up. In our after show tonight, we're going to be having a little bit of a conversation, extension off of what Alex and I talked about over BBM. Should Slack really be worth more than BlackBerry? It'll be in our after show. Take it easy, guys. Peace. We'll catch you guys next week. Next week is going to be June the 12th. That's 1.03 for us. That means that on June 19th, we are doing our, our downstream. So catch that in about two weeks' time. It's, again, our, our yearly drinking game to celebrate one year of the podcast. <laughs> you guys take it easy. Have a great night. Take care. Later. Later.